who's ready to talk about resilience? I think, I think we need it, right? Right, so in July, I brought a message called Keep Going, where I spoke about developing endurance. And I mentioned that many have reached the middle of the year feeling depleted, finding it difficult to find the strength to keep going. And I think a lot of us were feeling that way, right? But the truth is, this is not a middle of the year problem. And we are very much aware that we are living in a time in which people are feeling fatigued, they're running low on reserves, and feeling a general feeling of overwhelm. We are living in the aftermath of global trauma. We cannot deny the problems that have been caused over the last few years, the impact that it has had, not only globally, but personally. We've come out of the pandemic, hallelujah, but we are not unscathed. We are going about our lives, but we are carrying with us the weight of the scars, the damage, the wounds that have happened over the past few years of, of spiritual damage, emotional damage, mental damage. And many of us are unaware that we are actually not okay. Things have returned to some form of normalcy, but we've overlooked the pain and the challenges and the struggles that we faced not that long ago. We've allowed it to become a distant memory. We don't want to think about it. We don't want to talk about it. It's there. But the scars, the wounds, and the damage is still present. We have not fully recovered. Now, I understand that every year has its challenges, but the past three to four years have been particularly challenging. COVID hit, the world shut down, and society became divided. COVID's a conspiracy. No, it's real. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Isolate, don't isolate. Vaccinate, don't vaccinate. Suspicion and division spread just as fast as the virus. Lockdowns and social distancing did more than keep people physically apart. It started to cause emotional and spiritual isolation and separation. Heartbreak, fear, sadness, depression, anxiety, all of these started to increase faster than they had before. We dealt with the loss of certain freedoms, the loss of physical connection, and we dealt with the loss of loved ones. The pandemic turned our life, our world, upside down. It tore down, it shook things up. People lost jobs, experienced financial difficulties, marriages broke down, families were torn apart. The strain of being under the same roof 24-7, working and doing school from home became overwhelming. Relational problems that existed long before the pandemic were suddenly surfaced and could no longer be avoided and this became too much to handle. Churches experienced division, both with each other and within themselves. Significant drops in attendance and interaction were observed both during and post-pandemic. Individuals experienced breakdowns because they couldn't cope with this new reality. And on top of all of this, we add the political hot potato, 
The corruption, abuse of power, false promises, failing infrastructures, losing confidence in the government. And then as we're moving out of the pandemic, Russia invades Ukraine. A war begins, the economy is crashing, the countries are divided. The cost of living continues to rise, minimum wage does not. Strikes and lawlessness continue to be a problem, looting and damaging of property, immorality is on the rise. We experience droughts and then storms and heavy rains causing major flooding, damaging roads, homes and displacing many along the coast. It's crisis after crisis after crisis. So much has happened in such a short span of time and all of this is difficult to process and endure when it feels like it's one bad thing coming at you one after the other before you're able to catch your breath. And yet, we are expected to rally and keep on living our lives as though we have not just gone through what we went through. As you recount what the past few years have been like, both globally, nationally, personally, we cannot deny the fact that our souls are tired, beaten, and worn out. Our faith has been tested. And maybe some of us have neglected this part of our lives a little bit. But the reality is that the turbulence of these years has tossed and thrown us about, leaving us disoriented, broken, and in desperate need of healing. We can't help but wonder is there a way to recover from all of this? Can we move from just surviving to thriving? Our world and our lives may be changing at a faster pace than we would like, but our ability to adapt and keep going is what will enable us to get through. So over the next few weeks, we're going to find hope and be encouraged by the fact that even in the midst of all this chaos, we can be people who push through, have strength, and overcome. We can be resilient. Amen? Amen. So we're starting the six-part series today, a series on resilience, because now more than ever, we need this. We need to be people who are resilient, not just as a member of society, in our workplace, schools, and families, but as believers. We need to have a resilient faith. We need to be able to stand firm in the storms we go through, amen? Now resilience is the ability to recover quickly from situations. It is the ability to adapt to uncomfortable circumstances in order to overcome the adversity that has been set before you. Some people have an innate, innate ability to be resilient. But on the other hand, some of us struggle to find our way when life throws us a curveball. And life has been throwing us many curveballs. Now maybe you're one of those who has the innate ability to be resilient, you're lucky. And maybe you don't feel too shaken up by the past few years. But I want us to take a moment and be truly honest with ourselves. After everything I've mentioned, everything that was maybe running through your mind as you think on the past few years, be honest with yourself, look inside, and answer the question, not out loud, to yourself, how full is your tank at the moment? Your emotional, mental, spiritual tank. Are you full, halfway, or are you empty, scraping the bottom of the barrel, dipping into your reserves? 
How would you describe your inner strength at the moment? See, we may rally in difficult times. We rally and we rally and we think we're doing okay. But if we're not careful, if we don't do this self-assessment, if we do not check how our tank is doing, we eventually reach a point where our soul suddenly says, I'm done. I can't go on anymore. I can't do this. And we fall into discouragement, depression, numbness, and we aren't able to rally anymore because we've run completely dry. We're tapped out on any reserves we had. Why? Because we have failed to refuel. We have failed to fill up that tank. We think that being resilient means coming back constantly, being able to overcome constantly. But true resilience, sustainable resilience, needs to come from a source that is continuously filled up, that will not run dry, a source of strength and resilience that comes from somewhere else other than ourselves. See, that's a problem when we rally. We're relying on our own ability. That runs out. We need to have a source other than ourselves where we find our resilience. Author and counselor John Aldridge, who wrote the book Resilient, which inspired this series, he said the following in the book. One of the most remarkable things about human beings is how resilient we can be. It's true. We've seen it. Humans are resilient. Yet one of the most surprising things about human beings is how all of that resilience can evaporate in a moment. This is why rallying can actually be deceptive. Reserves tell the true story. How are your reserves? How is your tank doing? We've rallied, but are we okay? You've rallied, but are you okay? Do we have enough reserves in our tank or are we on the verge of having whatever resilience we have left evaporate and leave us incapable of doing anything else, enduring anything else? Now, a good indicator of the condition of where your reserves are this morning is how you will react and respond to the following question. If a crisis, a major crisis, were to hit tomorrow, could you handle it? If a major crisis were to hit us tomorrow, would you be able to handle it? Think about that. If we were to wake up tomorrow morning and we find out we're in another pandemic, would you handle it? <laughs> I think a lot of us are cringing at that idea. We don't wanna go through that again. The idea of another crisis is overwhelming. Could you handle it? And not only handle it, but could you help other people through it? If the thought of another crisis is overwhelming, somewhat unbearable, then may I suggest that perhaps your tank is running dangerously low. That you are in need of filling up and tapping into a source that will continuously sustain you. We need resilience in order to face the trials of this life. Small or big, it doesn't matter. Whatever comes your way, you will need to be resilient in order to get through it. 
And I said just now that we need it now more than ever. Why do I say that? And maybe you don't wanna hear this this morning, but it's the truth. Life is not going to get easier. Look around. You see it every day. You see it in the news. You look at, look at the world around you. It seems like things are just going crazy. Lawlessness and immorality abound, and it seems to only be getting worse. Now, please understand, I am not saying this to incite fear in you. I am not saying this to scare you. I am saying this to bring awareness. We cannot be ignorant. We cannot fall asleep. We cannot ignore what is happening. We have to open our eyes. We have to wake up and see that things are just getting worse and worse. But in the midst of that chaos, we need to be reminded that we have hope. We can have hope. Yes, things seem to be just getting worse. But we have hope in the midst of that. And something else we need to be careful of, because this is what's happening, is do not get desensitized by what you see in the news. We are bombarded with so much negativity, with so much bad news, with so much immorality that these things kind of don't affect us anymore. We see it and you just scroll onto the next thing. You don't take time. We don't allow it to affect us. And what I mean by that is not to allow it to become a weight on our shoulders, but we don't allow it to actually sink in what is happening around us. To recognize what is happening around us. And I say recognize for a reason because what we are looking at should set off a light in our mind. It's not just bad news. It's things that we need to recognize. And here's why. Matthew chapter 24, verse three to 13. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And when will be the, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Don't be alarmed when you see these things happening. Doesn't mean don't brush it aside, just scrolling through like it's just another post. But don't let it scare you. Don't let it overwhelm you. Recognize it. Don't be alarmed when you see all these things happening. Don't panic. Don't be scared. Don't fear. 
because these things must happen. They are the beginning of birth pains, the first signs that something is about to happen, but if you stand firm, if you endure through it, you will be saved. Those who stand firm, are resilient, will be able to endure the trying times ahead. What Jesus tells the disciples here, the signs that will indicate that his return is near, none of this is new to you. As I'm reading that, you can think of moments where those things have happened already or are happening. All of these have been taking place for centuries. So why must we be alert to it now more than ever? In recent years, we have seen a convergence of these things. They're not scattered events anymore. They're beginning to happen with more frequency and more intensity. Jesus called these the, the signs the beginning of birth pains. Any woman who has given birth can attest that birth pains intensify and become more frequently the closer she gets to the birth of her baby. The first contractions are a sign that the baby is coming soon, that she needs to get ready, that she needs to prepare herself. But as the time draws nearer, her birth pains intensify and become more frequent. And that is what we are seeing happen globally. The signs of Christ's return have been happening for so long that many may have become desensitized to it. But we need to wake up and see that those birth pains are becoming more frequent and more intense. They are getting closer to each other, indicating that Christ, his return is closer now than it has ever been. We don't know the day or the hour. Anyone who claims to know it, I would say they fall under a false prophet, because we do not know. But what we do know is what is happening around us. We look at the signs. We look at the occurrences. And because we can recognize that it is getting closer, we need to prepare ourselves. We need to be ready. Don't be alarmed, but be ready. Amen? We need to be able to endure the days that are coming, and so that's why we need resilience, so that we can stand firm and endure and be saved. So when we say we need resilience throughout the series, this is what we're talking about, resilience. We have the inner strength to endure and push through hardship. It means that we have the physical, emotional, and mental toughness. It means that we have spiritual grit. Now, during the pandemic, we all wanted things to return to normal. That's all we ever said. I can't wait until things return to normal. But as time went on, we started to realize that things were probably forever changed. So we started to change our vocabulary and say, the new normal. Because the reality is that normal, whatever constitutes as normal, isn't coming back. But Jesus is. Can you hold on to that truth? Can you accept this, that normal isn't coming back, but Jesus is? Amen. Amen. What is considered normal has been changing for many years. It looks different. But the truth that has not and will not change is that Jesus will return. And that truth gives us hope. 
Because in all this chaos that we are experiencing, everything that we're seeing, the chaos that surrounds us, the bad news, all of this, it is pointing towards something so much greater. It is pointing us towards something. There is purpose behind it. It's not just random events, freak accidents, but all of these events are leading up to the climax of God's story. We're leading up to the giant battle scene before the hero comes in and saves the day. See to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen. These things must happen. We cannot avoid it. We cannot ignore it. But we don't have to be alarmed by it. I know that whenever people talk about the return of Christ, it kind of comes with this doomsday attitude. It's heavy, it's scary, it sounds intense. And yes, when you read the scriptures, it can be a little bit overwhelming, it can be a little bit scary. But don't allow fear to creep in because we need to look beyond what those signs are bringing. Christ's return, amen? We need to be aware so that we can be prepared, so that we can endure. Now, as we've been seeing what's been happening over the past few years, there's been a lot that's been heartbreaking. We can, we can agree on that. But it's been particularly sad to see the division amongst believers. It's been sad to see people walking away from church and from community. It's been sad to see that love grow cold. But even this should not surprise us. As sad as it is, this should not surprise us. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse three says, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. The falling away. What we've been seeing spiritually, people leaving the church, leaving the faith, love growing cold, that explains the falling away. We've seen believers suddenly leaving the faith, turning their back on Jesus. People who were once passionate about the gospel have turned cold, want nothing more to do with it. People of faith and integrity, of good moral standing, being caught in scandalous behavior, being caught living immoral lives, making poor decisions, unwise decisions, We've seen people being deceived and led astray. It's the falling away. Now, depending what version of this passage you are reading, it will either say, unless the falling away comes first, the rebellion, the great rebellion, or the apostasy. The original Greek word used here was apostasia, from which we get our word apostasy from. And it means to abandon the faith, to renounce belief, to fall away from God. So that's what we've been seeing, the apostasy. And as heartbreaking as it is to see this, we need to realize that it is just one more sign. It is another sign of the times. And because of that, we need to stand firm so that we do not become part of that group that is falling away, that abandons the faith. But again, we will only manage this if we have resilience 
to remain faithful. So how do we get it? Where do we find resilience? Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 17, verses five to eight. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good, time, when, shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes. Its leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. This passage contains two categories. We can look at it as those who fall away, and those who have resilience. Those who fall away trust in man rather than God. They rely on their own strength, their hearts are not aligned with God, and because of this, they have no source of strength or resilience to draw from. They find themselves in a parched and dry land. On the other hand, those who have resilience trust in God they have their hope in the Lord, their hearts are aligned with His, and they have a source of life and strength and resilience that is available to them always. And they are in a position to constantly bear fruit even when there is drought. They are drawing life from the source itself. Now, I don't know about you, but I would like to be someone whose life continues to bear fruit even in the middle of drought and scorching heat. What about you? And I love the imagery used in this passage because we can picture this sad, dried up little shrub. It's dying. It looks pathetic. It's lifeless. And then on the other hand, we picture this tree with lush leaves a firm bark, a firm uh, solid trunk. Its leaves are full and bright and its roots are secure in the ground. It is firmly planted and it is drawing life from this river and it is constantly producing fresh and abundant fruit. You want to be resilient? You want to know how to be resilient? Your answer is in this passage. To be resilient, you must be rooted. You need to be rooted and be rooted in the right place. See, it doesn't help if you are rooted in the parched land, lacking the source of life. You need to be planted by the water so that your roots can spread out by that water and receive life and strength. If you want to be resilient, if you want to be able to withstand the storms and trials that come your way, you need to be rooted in Christ. You need to place yourself in his presence. You need to be rooted in his word. You need to be rooted in his love. 
You need to be rooted in your relationship with him, strong and secure, being able to stand firm because your roots are in Christ. We sang it this morning, Christ is my firm foundation. He's the rock on which we stand. And because he is our firm foundation, because we are rooted in Christ, we can say that I have joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. I won't be going under because I'm not held by my own strength. If our roots are planted anywhere else, they will not be secure. If our roots are not in Jesus, then when the rain comes and the storm comes and the wind blows, we will fall over. We will be uprooted and we will fall away. But when we are rooted in Christ, the storm can rage around us, but we will stand firm. If you are going to be resilient, make sure that you are rooted in Christ. Now I want to continue with this illustration of trees to share with you another secret to being resilient. Okay, so first of all, to be resilient, you must be rooted. First of all, rooted in Christ. But there's a second part to this. Who knows what a redwood tree is? The sequoia. It's actually part of our design for this series. But these are some of the the most resilient trees. They are native to the coast of California and South Oregon. And they can live hundreds, even thousands of years. They are the tallest trees. They can reach heights up to 107 meters. I mean, look at, can you even see that person? These trees are huge. They can reach up to 107 meters in height and they can have a diameter of up to seven meters. So these trees are massive. They're tall, they're wide, and they can live a really, really long time. They can live hundreds and even thousands of years. That's a long time. Now for a tree this big, this tall, this wide, this old, means it can endure a lot, right? It endures wildfires and storms. So we can assume that the roots of this tree must run deep, right? Here's the surprising thing though, they don't. These trees have surprisingly shallow roots. They go down only about a meter and a half to about three meters into the ground. Now if you ask me, that doesn't make much sense because at the sign of intense winds, just topples over, right? But here's the thing, although the roots are shallow, they are wide they can span up to, I think, about 15 meters. But that's not their secret. Wide roots, yes, that's a good thing, but they connect their roots with the roots of the other redwoods around them, and they intertwine their roots to support each other and to share nutrients. The redwoods stand firm because they are supported. Redwoods cannot be resilient on their own. They are resilient together because they support and hold each other up. You and I cannot be resilient alone. You wanna be resilient? We can do it together. 
Because when you are feeling shaken by the storm around you, we hold on to each other. We support each other. We lift each other up. We encourage each other. We hold each other accountable. You have to be rooted in Christ first because that is your source of life. That is your source of strength. But then you have to be rooted in community because that is where we find support. It is in community that we will be able to endure the harsh winds and the storms. So that is the secret to standing firm in hardship. Be rooted in Christ and be rooted in community. If we are going to endure the challenges of this life, if we are going to endure the times that we are living in and what is still to come, if we are going to make it through with strength, with peace, with joy, then we are going to need a reservoir of resilience, a supply of supernatural strength that we can tap into. And when we are firmly planted in the right place in Christ, we have access to this reservoir and we have access to the supernatural strength and we have access to resilience that will never run dry. May we not be alarmed by the events that are unfolding. May we not fall away when our faith is tested. But may we stand firm in the face of adversity and may we be like the tree that is planted by the river whose roots spread towards the water so that we will not fear when the heat comes, so that we will not be anxious when there is drought, but that we will be filled with life and strength and our lives will always bear fruit. I want to close now with this passage from Ephesians. This is where Paul is praying for all the believers, praying that we will be rooted in the love of Christ. Ephesians chapter three, verse 14 to 19. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth drives its, derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of God's holy people. See that rooted in Christ and his love, but be rooted with one another as well. So that we can grasp how wide and how long, how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. May you be rooted and established in love in Christ and together in community with his people. May he strengthen you with his power through his spirit in your inner being. Strengthened in your inner being. And if you want to discover more about how we can find and have this strength in our inner being, then I encourage you to be here next week as we discover how we can go deeper into finding resilience, amen? So this week, I want to encourage you, take moments to evaluate, to see how you are doing, to check on your reserves, see what needs topping up.
and do your part to make sure that you are standing firm, rooted in Christ and rooted in community. Amen. So we're going to close in prayer. And I hope that the imagery of this tree, that as you look at the graphics during the series and you look at these redwoods there in the background, that you will be reminded to always be rooted and rooted in the right place. Don't find yourself in the parched land. Find yourself near the source of life. Amen. So Father, we thank you for your love, for your peace, for your strength, and for your resilience that you want to impart to us, Lord. We thank you that we can be rooted firmly in you. I pray, Lord, that we will do what we have to do to make sure that our roots are securely planted in you, that we will not constantly uproot ourselves, but allow ourselves to settle in your presence, in your love, so that we can stand firm, that we can grow tall and strong and resilient. And I pray, Father, that we will not isolate ourselves, but that we will also stretch out our roots to those around us, to our brothers and sisters in Christ, so that we can help one another, we can encourage each other, that we will be a support system for one another, Lord, so that as we face the trials of this life, we will be able to be held upright, able to stand firm and endure and be resilient. Father, may your strength and your peace, your courage, your life fill us up. May our tanks be attached to your source of life so that we will not run dry. And give us strength, Lord, as we look around us, as we see the signs of the times, that we will not be alarmed, that we will not be afraid, but that we will be filled with hope because of where the story is going, that we will look beyond the trials that are coming, but we are looking forward to your return, your reigning, your peace, your kingdom established here. So Father, as we go through the series, I pray, Lord, that you will top up, that you will fill up, that you will remind us what we need to do and that we will actually do it so that we can be people who are resilient, that we can be people who endure. May you take us out into this week, Lord, and protect us in all we do, guiding us in all we do, directing our, our feet, Lord, helping us make wise decisions and helping us to every day make sure our roots are planted in you, in your word, in your presence. May your love and peace be upon us, Lord. May your courage be upon us. And we thank you, Lord, for the new life that you are bringing into us, Lord, that you are restoring us after this trying and cold winter, that you will warm our hearts and our spirits and do something new within us. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. May you be blessed this week. May you be encouraged. Those of you here, don't run away just yet. It is spring. It's a new season, so we have something sweet for you. The ushers will bring it around and, and hand it to you, so don't leave until you've received your little sweet treat. Those of you watching from home, I'm sorry, we cannot pass it through, but that just is a reminder that it's better here. Amen. If you can be here, be here. Have a blessed week. Be encouraged and be rooted, firmly planted in his presence. Amen. Thank you.